You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 33, Helping Kids Manage Their Emotions. This is Less Drama, More Mama, a podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. How's it going this week? I just love doing this podcast. You know, each week I get to put together a show for you that I know is crazy valuable. I know it's going to help you. I know it's going to help your kids, your relationships in general. I get emails from you thanking me, and it's just incredible. And I want to ask you for something in exchange for the value you're getting here on the podcast. Now, I'm not going to ask you for a donation. I know some podcasters do that, but that's not what I want. If you find value in this podcast, if you've heard something on the show that made you stop and think differently about something, or if you've put one of my suggestions into practice and you got a good result— Put me on pause right now. Go back to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show and leave a rating. Make sure you're subscribed and write a review. Two to three sentences about how this show is helping you and then come on back and press unpause. Okay, I'll wait. Okay, great. Thank you. Your ratings and reviews really do help spread the word about the value of the podcast and get it in front of more listeners, which is a goal of mine. So today we're talking about helping your kids manage their emotions. I was coaching a client last week who was really struggling with feelings of fear, anger, and annoyance. These feelings were caused by her thoughts about her son's behavior. And after a bit of coaching, she was able to find some thoughts that created a feeling of empathy for him. So then I asked her, okay, what would you do when you're feeling empathy? What would you say to him? And she couldn't answer. She felt stuck. She said showing empathy just didn't come naturally to her. So this is totally normal. Whenever our kids are in some kind of distress, our instinct is to stop the crying, fix the problem, and react emotionally ourselves. Showing empathy and helping our kids when they're feeling big emotions requires us to do something that feels completely unnatural to help turn the situation around. See it from their perspective. Basically, empathy is the ability to see a situation from another person's point of view and to imagine and understand what they're feeling. Empathy is not the same as feeling their pain. You can't actually feel another person's pain. You can only feel your own pain because of your own thinking. And you don't want to feel your children's pain. When you can hold a space for them to feel pain without feeling it too, you'll be a much more effective parent and you can be at peace with the way things are. One of the concepts that I like to use with my clients is a swimming pool of emotions. Your kid is in there, and sometimes that pool is more like a swamp, right? Your child is stuck in a swamp of negative emotions, and he can't get out. If you jump in there with him, you're both going to drown. 
your job as the parent is to stand outside the pool and empathize and validate his pain, but you stay on the outside to be able to eventually help him out. Validating feelings is acknowledging and accepting emotions without judgment. The psychologist Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. When your child is upset, whether she's a toddler or a teenager, arguing, denying, or resisting her experience will only make her scream or cry or yell louder in order to be heard. Because that's what kids want most, to be heard. They want to know that you get them, that you understand what they're going through, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. This is so hard to do when we're dealing with our own negative emotions. We feel frustrated when we think, if only they'd heed my advice and learn from my experiences. If only they'd listen to me. But the reality is that as a parent, you need to listen to and understand your child before she'll be open to listening and learning anything from you. And sometimes kids have to learn life lessons through their own suffering. You're not a bad parent because your kid is crying or getting emotional. Kids cry. They cry a lot. And it's okay. It's not a sign that they're weak or immature. It's just their way of communicating that something's upsetting them because they don't know how to express their big feelings any other way at that moment. I've used the analogy before of the barking dog and the wise owl in the brain. When you're a child's brain is flooded with emotion and that dog is barking, the wise owl is nowhere in sight. The prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that thinks logically and rationally, isn't actually fully developed until kids are in their mid-20s. What? Okay, so buckle up. (laughs) We're in it for the long haul. Knowing how to validate your kids' feelings is one of the most important tools you can learn as a parent. Because when your kids feel heard and understood, it strengthens their bond with you. It helps set them up for success in all of their relationships. They feel more confident in themselves and it helps them become more emotionally intelligent. The term emotional intelligence was coined by two researchers, Peter Salovey and John Mayer, in 1990. They described it as the ability to recognize, understand, utilize, and regulate emotions effectively in everyday life. Then in 1995, psychologist Daniel Goleman published a book called Emotional Intelligence, which helped introduce the term and the concept into mainstream society. The research on emotional intelligence in kids suggests that it's twice as strong a predictor of success in adulthood as intelligence. If you think back to what I've taught you about our emotions in this podcast, you'll remember that our emotions drive all of our behavior. And so being able to recognize and understand our emotions, express them in healthy ways, and then use them to motivate us to behave in ways that give us our results, that's basically the key to living an amazing life. Now, it's still going to be a life of 50% positive and 50% negative emotion. That doesn't change. But your ability to manage it and persevere through challenges will be greater the higher your EQ, your emotional quotient. So in order to validate your child's emotions, you simply want to reflect back to them what you observe. You're really upset right now. You wanted to press the elevator button and I did it instead. That's so disappointing. And I say it's simple, but it isn't easy. 
At first, you might feel silly or fake because inside you're probably thinking, geez, kid, it's just a stupid elevator button. What's the big deal? Get over it already. But to your child, it is a big deal. And your child really needs you to get this more than anything. So the very first step in helping your child is to notice your own emotional state. You might need to take some deep breaths, go into another room, and get yourself into a frame of mind where you can see his perspective. Understanding this intellectually is one thing. Applying it and practicing it is another. I've mentioned before that my daughter, Marissa, has a life-threatening allergy to all dairy. When she was six years old, our babysitter told us about a kosher gelato store that served non-dairy gelato. Well, Marissa, her father, and I were all ecstatic. Now we could finally get to go out for ice cream together. You know, it's something most families take for granted. So one night after dinner, we decided to surprise Marissa by taking her to the gelato store. When we got there, it was closed in observance of a lesser-known Jewish holiday. We were all upset, but Marissa reacted with hysterical sobbing and howling. And instead of feeling empathetic... I felt thoroughly annoyed by her overdramatic display of emotion. Luckily, before I reacted, her dad said, Oh, honey, that's so disappointing. You were really looking forward to having some ice cream, and now the store is closed. Marissa wailed even louder at hearing this, but only because she then felt safe enough to really let it out. He calmly repeated himself, but did nothing to try to fix the situation or apologize, after all, no one was to blame, and blame wouldn't have solved anything anyway. Marissa must have wailed another 10 minutes in the car on the way home, but her dad was able to stay connected to her while communicating that she was entitled to her feelings, which weren't wrong, and therefore didn't need to be fixed. Just because Marissa didn't stop crying right away doesn't mean that this strategy didn't work. Marissa felt supported by her dad in that moment because he accepted her feelings, he didn't ignore them, try to change them, or dispute them. Kids who feel validated by their parents early on are more likely to validate themselves as they get older and develop a stronger sense of their own identity. They're better able to accept themselves and get validated from within rather than looking for it from external sources. As a result, they're more confident, they don't need or seek approval from others, and they're less likely to give in to peer pressure. Perhaps the most important thing about validating your kids' emotions is making it okay to feel and process whatever feelings they have, rather than trying to distract them from their feelings, change the subject, or show disapproval. This invalidates their feelings and their experience, and sends a message that they're somehow doing something wrong. Parents dismiss feelings all the time by saying things like, oh, don't be upset, it's not so bad. Stop crying. There's nothing to be worried about. Suppose you locked yourself out of your car and had to spend the next couple of hours waiting around for someone to come help you get them out. In the meantime, you missed an important meeting at work that resulted in losing money for your company. Now imagine that you called a close friend to share how upset you were and her response was, well, maybe next time you'll be more careful about where you put your keys or quit complaining. It's just money. They'll get over it. You'd probably think twice before calling that friend ever again. You wanted her to validate and support you. Just knowing you had her in your corner would have helped you relax a bit. The last thing you wanted was to be lectured about responsibility or told that your feelings weren't justified. 
Many parents I've worked with say they have trouble simply validating emotions without trying to fix the problem, offer solutions, or make their kids feel better. But solving the problem isn't the goal. Connecting with your child is the goal. Because when your child feels heard, understood, and validated, she'll feel calmer and more connected to you. And when she's calm and connected, she'll be better able to solve the problem on her own. Each time you relate to your kids in this way, you reinforce your bond with them, and they learn that their feelings and experiences are valid, that they're accepted and loved for exactly who they are, and that dealing with the full range of emotions is part of the human experience. And after parents express empathy, children are less defensive because they no longer have to protect their right to feel upset. A common misconception is that Validating emotions means being a permissive parent, but this isn't true. You can validate your child's feelings while still holding them accountable for their behavior and following through on consequences. For example, say your son breaks his sister's toy. Then she throws her broken toy at her brother out of anger. You would validate the feeling of anger, not the action of throwing the toy. You could say something like, you're so angry your brother broke your toy, You can feel angry and tell your brother how you feel using your words. It's never okay to throw things, though, even when we're very angry. When you take the time to connect with your child and validate her feelings first, she'll be better able to accept behavioral limits and consequences. Okay, so it's easy to say things like, I know you're disappointed, or that must have been really hard for you, and sound insincere especially when you add the word but afterwards. As in, I know you're disappointed that the ice cream store was closed, but it's not the end of the world. Or I know you're angry your brother broke your toy, but you broke one of his last week, remember? These responses cast blame and dismiss the child's feelings. They do nothing to form a connection. They're attempts to get the child to see the situation from your perspective and help you feel better, not the other way around. Your child will be much more open to seeing your point of view once he feels that you understand his. So let me give another couple of examples. A boy comes home from school and tells his mother, Sammy's a jerk. He didn't play with me at all at recess today. And the mom says, oh, don't be ridiculous. Sammy's allowed to play with other friends. Why didn't you find someone else to play with too? Now, imagine how discouraged this boy feels when his mother tells him he's being ridiculous. The mother totally discounts her son's feelings and misses an opportunity to connect with him. Instead, she could reflect back to him what she hears without attaching any judgment. Sounds like you're a little jealous. It can be hard when your best friend wants to play with someone else for a change. Now the boy thinks, yes, that's it. She understands. The mom doesn't agree or disagree with her son. She doesn't lecture him or give advice. She doesn't try to make him feel better. She simply validates his point of view. Now, make sure you don't validate his thought. Yes, Sammy is a jerk, right? You just validate his feelings. You really felt left out today. When you dismiss kids' feelings, not only can't they trust you to support them, they can't even trust themselves because they think they shouldn't be feeling what they're feeling. A lot of parents also invalidate fear or worry, They say with an exasperated tone, there are no monsters under your bed. Stop crying, it'll only hurt for a second, or it's only thunder. 
Instead, validation sounds like, I would feel scared too if I believed my room wasn't a safe place. It's normal to be a little scared before a doctor visit. Or sometimes the sound of thunder frightens me too. Kids have trouble tolerating the discomfort of negative emotion. Their undeveloped brain is telling them there's an emergency and they're not safe. So naming the emotion and letting them know you're okay, this is disappointment, or this is worry. Let's take some deep breaths together. You're sending them the message that they're safe. Remember, an emotion is just a vibration in the body caused by a thought, caused by a sentence in the mind. And so knowing that, you're able to be calm and to communicate that they're safe and all of their emotions are okay. With kids ages six and up, you can even go through the process I describe in episode 11, where I talk about how to feel a feeling. You can say, you're feeling worry. Where are you feeling it in your body? Show me with your hands. When I feel worried, I usually feel it in my tummy. It feels tingly. And then sometimes that tingly feeling moves to my chest. What does it feel like to you? Label your emotions. Model how to manage them. If you need to stop and breathe, let them see you. If you need to say, mommy's feeling very frustrated right now. I need to take some space in the other room to calm down. Then do it. The better you are at managing your own emotions and thoughts, the better you'll be able to help your child. I hope I've given you some things to think about and some strategies to practice. If you'd like help learning how to manage your own emotions so that you can help your kids with theirs, schedule your free mini session with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini. You can learn how to coach yourself through emotionally challenging situations, and I am here to help. Have a wonderful week, Mama, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.